Hey, welcome to Spiritual Side Notes. I'm drinking some chai tea at our table. I have no idea what the weather's like. We had snow like two days ago, and then it all melted overnight, and then it was quite warm. And by quite warm, I mean the 40s this morning for a while, and it got really cold. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you that. Probably because I'm drinking warm tea, so it made me feel like it should be cold outside. Anyways, welcome to West Michigan. I'm Haley. I'm Shay. And we're going to talk about marriage today. Mm-hmm. But before we get started, do you have any Hagen or Athelia stories or quotes? Um, I don't think I have a quote. I'm so bad at remembering like specific quotes, but um, Hagen's stories, just like his personalities coming out in new ways that are so fun. <laughs> and he makes this face right now. Like when you, it's like when he knows he's being goofy or when he's like kind of laughing but he makes this like scrunchy kind of smiley yeah scrunchy smiley squinty face yeah there you go um and but it's almost like this like grimace thing so it's like ah, 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 ah. <laughs> um, and it's just like super adorable <laughs> especially when he's like, like coming into the room yeah. or when he's like he'll do it as he's like leaving like something happened and then he'll like start waddling away making this funny face it's pretty adorable He's a goof. Athelia did something. I can't remember her exact words. I wrote them down somewhere um, in my phone. But she was spinning on her spinner when you were in the room with her the other day. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Dad, help. Like whispered it. She goes, it's tipping. And you said, what's tipping? She goes, the house. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Because she was dizzy. Yeah, she got dizzy. Was it? Did she say it was tipping? It was something. I think it was tipping or falling it's over. It's tipping or it's but... falling. What's falling? The house. <sighs> she was like whispering. Sorry, you said the like, other day. That was like Dad. two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> I got real. Was it really? Yeah, it was for Wow, ago. time is warped. Yeah. We haven't done an episode for a couple of weeks because we both got COVID and we're, oh, well, I was pretty sick. Yep. Shay really wasn't down and out for the count at all, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, I got blessed um, for that. But. I'm doing much, much better than I was, but I just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to talk or sit up or breathe normally for a while. And then Thanksgiving was last week, so I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like holidays are beautiful and they can be very hard, so I hope Mm -hmm. you all found and chose joy and rest and whatever it, it was that you went through. Um. Okay. So I feel like... Over the last, I don't know, however many episodes we've done. 38. This is 39. Over the last? It's almost been a year. It's like 10 months or something. We started at the end of January. Yeah. Over the last 38 episodes, we have mentioned marriage multiple times. Yeah, for sure. Or, I mean, just the nuances there because we're a married couple talking. So... I feel like there is the potential of stories coming up again that we've potentially... I think I just already said that word. (laughs) Guys, I'm so sorry. I am still recovering. Words are hard. Words were already hard. But my brain just will literally stop in mid-sentence and I'll have no idea what I'm saying. Or I won't know what I've just said and I'll repeat myself. So pardon me if that happens. But if stories come up again, um, I actually hope that's an encouragement to you that um, we're real and that we haven't just been like making up stories along the way not that anyone thinks that but just that this is actually a part of our story um we really just wanted to talk through some of the things in our marriage that have been unhealthy in the past and what and how God has changed us to choose these healthier pathways um cuz i just feel like m- marriages are falling apart they have been for a while but i just feel like the enemy is hugely on attack in marriages and in families. Um, and our friend Zach Ellens was like, you guys should talk about marriage. So, hey, Zellens, we are going to talk about marriage. So where do you want to start? Well, I think um, just kind of highlighting some of the the facts that, like, um, we haven't always been very healthy in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... Uh, a few years and like I said the, there'll be some overlap here because I know we've shared 
a lot of our story, but um, the first four and a half years of our marriage were not great. Um, I would say year one was pretty solid. Year two started getting a little hairy. Um, year three and four were the rough ones. And um, and there's a lot that played into that. Um, a lot of immaturity, a lot of um, selfishness and idolization on my part. Um, of what? A lot of selfishness and idolization. Idol. <laughs> I know what you just said. Idolization of what? Idolization. Are you saying in general? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I was just being funny. Um, idolizing <laughs> um, either... When I say that, I guess I, I was more meaning like putting myself on the, the center of my life. Like Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. So selfishness, idolizing myself mm. kinda, can be kind of the same thing. But, okay, gotcha. Um, and, um, and what I wanted or what I thought... Um, what's right or the right way to do things or whatever. Um, that was kind of a big part, um, which is obviously tied into pride. Pride has um, maybe some other nuances, at least for me in there as well. Um, and uh, Haley was a perfect angel for those four yes, years. Yes, I, I was. Just, um, Still am. Yeah, it's all me, yep. Um, She's so. crazy. <clears throat> no, I on my end of end of the deal... I think I just went into marriage relationships in general. I think just hugely blind, like thinking that relationships existed to make me feel a certain way because I very much also struggled with selfishness and self idolization and idolization of you probably like Hmm. idolizing that you were a certain something or would be a certain way or would make me feel a certain way. Um, so expectations I had of myself and others were that weren't not only that were not only not healthy, but were also um, just detrimental mm-hmm. to any sort of healthy relationship. And I'm I'm grateful for the relationships that stuck around from back in the day, which honestly are not many. Um, but in our marriage, I feel like I, there were various ways that I was unhealthy, but the root of that was a selfishness that I really expected you to make me feel a certain way or to serve me in certain ways. Um, yeah, I feel like that was probably the common thread that mm. ended up breaking. Yeah. And for us, we got married when we were 20. Um, so there was a lot we just didn't know one out of life experience, but two, like we just didn't know ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just talking with, um, a friend this morning about how, um, there's times Haley's mentioned like, man, I wish we would have gotten married later. So like we knew ourselves. Um, and not that I like totally disagree with that, but on the flip side, I'm like, but I'm also thankful. Like we got to fight through those things together. It made marriage yeah. a lot harder. Um, but had we not been married, I don't know what would have happened. Like we would have reached a boiling point where we would have like broken up. Like, I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, and so I'm just thankful that we were, together fighting through those things um but there was just a lot we didn't even know about ourselves that was like things would come up it was like wow i would just was not aware mm-hmm. not very self-aware and so um, um real a- quick can i say the reason i think i say that or have said it in the past was out of an embarrassment of like how i treated you for so many years or what i expected of you that it's not that i wish we weren't married but I wish I had been in a healthier hmm. place yeah. so that we hadn't experienced what we did. Though I, I don't want to change our story yeah. because God has taught us so much. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that, that it's not just like, oh, I wish we had been healthier and um, making that sound like I, I wish we hadn't been married. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever clarified that. I think it's just like a, it's a, it's, it can feel embarrassing. Not that, hmm. and I don't want that to turn into shame and guilt. Yeah. Because Jesus has like covered us and um, been gracious with us, but yeah, that's the kind of the backdrop that happens sometimes. I think. Yeah. So with um, some of those early years of of marriage, we just didn't communicate well. Um, there was a lot. I think I thought I had to do and be like I. Um, I not that I like tried too hard but like I thought I had to respond a certain way or do certain things and so like um 
I just wasn't fully myself. I, I didn't feel totally myself. Like I felt like I had to be something different in a way that, um, yeah, it was just like almost, almost forced in a way. Um, what was forced? Like the way that I had to like be, like, I felt like there was almost like this, um, way that you were supposed to be married or whatever that like I had to, to be a certain way. I don't, I don't even really know. Um, but it just didn't feel like natural, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. did being married feel natural to you early on in our marriage? I never really thought about that. Hmm. And, like, now it just feels know. way more casual. And I'm sure that just comes with, like, time. Um, but, like, it feels so natural with you. Like, I can mm. just fully be myself. And it, it just feels natural. Um, it doesn't feel like I have to force conversation or try to be the perfect husband or do the right thing to, to make you happy. And part of that's, I think we've just grown so much individually. That's been a, a mm -hmm. huge blessing and benefit. Um, because one thing like, and everybody hears this, like if you're not married, <laughs> um, even if you're married, uh, like your spouse can't complete you. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it is almost inevitable. Like, I don't know that I've heard, a healthy marriage who hasn't had to release that at some point in their marriage. Meaning like mm -hmm. maybe they thought they were getting married and that they didn't, or they thought that, sorry, when they were getting married, they thought that they weren't looking for someone to complete them, mm -hmm. but they were looking for somebody subconsciously even to fill a void, to make mm -hmm. them feel something that maybe is a thorn in their side, whether it's validated, whether it's beautiful, um, whether it's, even just just seen like so many people feel unseen and so somebody just made them feel seen so even though they weren't consciously like oh man this person completes me right like there is this almost subconscious like they feel a need that i have mm -hmm. as a human um and we are called to be in community um and there is the command to procreate that God gives Adam and Eve, obviously, so life can continue, but we don't have to get married. Like even Paul says, it would be better for you not to be married. Um, and so that's something that like, we just, we cannot go into marriage. I shouldn't say we cannot, because we do all the time. We have to be aware going into marriage that the other person just will not fill the voids in our lives that we think that they'll fill. Um, even subconsciously that we think that they'll fill. I just want to point out that you are not saying that you don't have to get married and you can still procreate because the way you said that made it sound like you're like, there is the command to procreate, but you don't have to get oh, married. It uh, just very much didn't mean that. What I meant was into, obviously God gave the command to Adam and Eve to procreate, but that was specific to them in order to bring about human population and to continue the population that would then naturally occur if you are going to procreate the context within the Bible is getting married. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you and for we clarifying just, we, that. I'm clarifying that not in judgment to anyone at all, but just in like the clarity of like, we believe biblically in what God has called the people in his covenant too. So that's why Which I wanted to clarify. Which is to have sex inside of marriage. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I wanted to clarify for you that. Yeah. That's no, I wasn't not saying. What you were saying. Yeah. No. Don't go have sex outside of the marriage covenant. Um, also. Just breaks a lot of things. Hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, if you have questions about that, I genuinely have had that conversation many times. So feel free to reach out. But. Um, one fascinating thing about marriage is that it is the only human relationship, human to human relationship that we have. That's a covenant. Mm -hmm. We have a covenant relationship with God um, that he established through Abraham. And then Jesus says, I am the new covenant. So like mm -hmm. accepting his grace and forgiveness um, and receiving the sacrifice of his body and the blood is essentially a, a reception of his covenant to mm -hmm. us um but then marriage is the only other covenant that there is relationally yeah i find that fascinating it is fascinating um, sorry kind of tangenty starting yeah, we're here we're gonna be a little bit all over the place um, probably yeah well we're like 12 minutes in and we haven't really talked about marriage but um healthy marriage so what <laughs> changed in that four and a half years why are you laughing 
Because we have talked about marriage. I know. I was being... Oh. It was a hyperbole. <laughs> I um, so four joking. and a half years in a marriage, we're in a relatively dark, difficult spot. Um, what was the pivot for you? Because mm. I remember specifically... So we got counseling at four and a half years in a marriage. And um, specifically, Haley was in like a not ready to leave phase... But she was more that way, right? The, the way the counselor asked was like, how committed are you to the marriage on a scale of one to 10? And you said, I would have been a three a little bit ago, but now I'm a 10. And I'm just wondering like what switched for you that caused you to be like, nope, we're going to, we're going to push through this or fight through this or persevere. Or... Um, in all seriousness, it was by the grace of God. Because he started revealing things to me about myself that I had just projected onto you. Hmm. Like I was, and not just you, but everyone around me, that thinking that all of these, quote, things that are wrong are because, insert pointed finger here. (laughs) 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 Because you did this, or you did this, or this friend did this, or this happened in my family, or this happened in your family. Like, I was just so good at making things fit the reality that I saw through a perspective lens that had me at the center and the world surrounding me and should be a certain way. And that really boiled down to like really skewed belief systems that like if I did and said certain things, then the natural result should be this, these gifts from God, these relationships, these opportunities. And when that didn't happen, there's... One, your belief system is blowing up. So for me, it was like starting to try to like justify it, which then means like I'm pointing fingers like, well, this didn't happen because of you or like because this. And really, it just all was me trying to be enough Hmm. instead of letting God be God. Um, So it was literally by the grace of God and the power of his Holy Spirit that he began to show me that a lot of the things I was seeing were skewed and I had huge, massive parts that I was playing. And I just, Mm -hmm. it's like I didn't know I was one of the lead actors in the story of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Plot twist, I was the angel for the first four and a half years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, really, I, there were so many things that I blamed you for that weren't you. And not that you were perfect, but it's because I expected you to be a certain something for me or I, I expected marriage to be a certain something or like we had to be this serious or do these things or our life should look this way. And I don't even know where all of those things came from, but I believed them and I can't even tell you what they all were, but I was trying to fit something that in my head was supposed to be like, I was trying to fit all these rules. Um, and yeah, I just specifically remember When I went to South Africa, we went to South Africa to look at moving there and you came home. Mm -hmm. At that point, we had lived in California for two and a half years-ish, close to. to. Um, And I had felt for a while that it was time to leave because we had quit really pursuing raising funds or I felt like we had kind of tapped out Mm. all of the resources there I didn't really have anyone else to meet with, um, like that sort of thing. So I, I think maybe because we were raising funds to move overseas at that time. So I think maybe in my head, logically, it made sense to move somewhere else and create new resources or new networks, but also financially, like California was just really expensive. And so finances were already like a strained part of our marriage, but that made it even harder. And I was not good with money. Um, and that made it harder. Um, so there were, there were literally multiple layers of things going on. So as we were raising funds to move to Rome, Rome was so expensive that our leaders at the time who were helping us raise funds were like, hey, guys, why don't you look at going somewhere cheaper? Because um, Rome is just really expensive. You've been fundraising for two years, and we weren't quite at 50%, or we were like just I think at, we're just at 50 yeah which is for anyone who doesn't know fundraising really horrible, like after two years of fundraising. So Haley really felt like after a certain amount of time, and I don't know if I had come up with this 
just like even before we moved there that like after this amount of time we're going to be done but I just felt like it was time to move on um because we couldn't afford it to live in a place by ourselves like we were living with people or in people's homes and we were so blessed by that but we really couldn't even afford an apartment with Mm -hmm. us working like three jobs between the two of us so when we went to Africa Shay came back and I stayed because one of my best friends lived there at the time and while I was there um I I'm not recommending this I'm not saying this was a good idea but I called Shay and gave him like this ultimatum where I said I'm not coming home unless these things change and I laid out a bunch of stuff and what was shocking to me is he had no idea like I, I, we had not communicated, like I hadn't communicated any of these expectations. And I think in some ways I had in the sense that I was a very nagging wife. Like I struggled with control most of my life. Um, so I would nag you about like tons of things, um, that had to do with the pointing finger thing, but like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Like, why are you acting that way? Um, why are you eating that? Like down to like, I mean, small things. Like I was like a micro manager. I also have to be careful because it's really easy for me to go back and like only see myself in a negative light. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I have a really hard time seeing anything good in, in me looking back on those years. Um, which is obviously like not fully true because God is the, the only one who gives good and perfect things like, or all good and perfect things come from him. Um, and I couldn't be where I am without him or, couldn't have even been surviving then without him. So there were clearly good and wonderful things in my life. But um, all that to say, when I gave you that ultimatum, the fact you heard me and you didn't just fight back, and I wasn't totally right in everything I said, but you listened and you sat with it and you called me back and apologized. And that like humility in that moment began to show me humility I didn't have, even if I wasn't fully aware of it at that point. But as God began to reveal things to me about the things I was doing that I was so not aware of, I began to see how much patience and grace you had actually had when really I didn't think you had that with me. Um, And a part of that turning point is when I flew back from Africa because I did come home when I was planning on coming home. Um, but I had a stop in New York City because another good friend of mine at the time was um, performing there. So I stopped to see her. And I remembered praying, coming back on the airplane, God, if I land and Shay has quit his job, like that, that would be huge. That would show me that there is growth. Um, because there was such a, a tight-fisted part of, like, finances and how do we earn money and I don't know where to go from here. And, like, Shay was done raising funds, didn't want to move overseas. I was still working hard for it. So I think just the fact I felt like there would be a true surrender if you quit your job so we could do something else. And I landed in New York, and you called me and said you had quit your job. You would given a six-week notice, but you had quit your job And I think that was just by the grace of God that like he allowed the opportunity for you to hear me, even if I wasn't fully right. Um, And for you to heed things and for you to do something that in my heart spoke like, whoa, okay, we're, something is happening. Um, And then when we came back together in California, I was in New York for a few days, we had um, this conversation where we decided to move back to Indiana and it was the first time we were on the same page and we didn't know we hadn't been on the same page until we were suddenly on the same page. And that like those three things that were all consecutively within a matter of weeks just started to forge this new movement forward. There was like a peace and a joy there I hadn't experienced before. Um, and it was partially because we were making steps of obedience that I don't know that we, we're on purpose not making them before, but they were just massive leaps of faith that we felt like we needed to move somewhere else. So we quit our jobs and sold our stuff. We didn't have anywhere to live. We didn't have any jobs. And we drove across the country. There was something in that that I think God just used. Like we were giving him the space to speak to us. Um, and he was faithful to do that. 
So I think that was just the beginning of me humbling myself, allowing him to humble me, to show me things that began this massive turning point Mm. in our marriage. And marital counseling hugely helped because you have a third party who's not close to you. Like Judy was her name. Like she knew us, but she wasn't close to us or Mm -hmm. our families. So she was able to speak with an authority, but also uh, um, what's that called when you're on the outside of it? perspective yeah like a third party perspective perspective. yeah an objective perspective but that still spoke right to where we were and that was really powerful yeah what about for you or do you specifically want to move on and talk about um the communication piece that we learned during that time which became really helpful moving well there wasn't really a pivot point for me as far as like because for me like And this isn't like a one-up thing. I just, it was never an option to divorce or to to not be married. So it was always just, and I was even unaware of some of the things that like Mm. you, like you, no, I made a comment in Africa. I remember you, you sharing after the fact, I made a comment in Africa about our marriage, like being a little tough, but pretty good. And you were like, he has no idea. Like Mm. he doesn't know how hard and how much you had been struggling during that season. Um, so for me, I didn't feel like there was really a turning point in as far as like um, there was ever a concern to not be married. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we were like, nope, we're going to fight for a marriage. Um, it was just like we're married. And so we got to figure it out type of thing. Um, the turning point, I would say, is still that kind of that mm. couple weeks stretch of um, God using you to speak to me. And again, like you said, I... I don't remember even everything that you said, but there was, so, um, I don't know if all of it was, um, healthy or right, Mm -hmm. but God definitely used you to say the right things to me too. Um, and there was, uh, just a huge growing pivot time there. Um, so I think that, or my next question was going to be, um, as far as where to go next was, um, what are some of the changes, like tangible changes that went from unhealthy to healthy during that season, mm. even from year four anniversary to year five anniversary? Mm. Um, well, interestingly, during that time is when my parents told me they were going to get divorced. I think that was a, a shock in the earth of my soul I didn't expect ever that began to like awaken something else in me like that can't be me Um, because I I had never thought we would get divorced so even thinking back about how I said that almost feels bizarre to me but that's how like trapped I felt in the reality I was living in that honestly wasn't fully real um, or even majority real that I had made up this world where like I was the victim of so many things um especially in our marriage that I guess I felt like it would have been better for me to be out of that and be able to do quote my own thing and be happy because that's just a lie that we believe so often that everyone is supposed to be happy God never promises happiness he says we have joy in him And in his presence is the fullness of joy, but he never promises happiness. And our world, our culture, um, probably even in the church, definitely in the church, because the divorce rates are, at least as of a few years ago, were higher than they were outside of the church, that we deserve to be happy. So if the person you're with is not making you happy, then either look for happiness elsewhere um, in things such as, like, cheating on your spouse affairs or get divorced and find what makes you happy. And I think somewhere in that I had begun to believe that without even knowing it, that like, well, if I'm not happy and this isn't easy or like, am I going to, I, I remember feeling like I was dying inside and that was for so many reasons, but I hugely attributed it to our marriage. Mm. Um, Cause I think I felt trapped because I didn't know how to die to myself. I had no idea what that was like. I didn't know what it meant to be selfless. I didn't know what it meant to that marriage was supposed to look like Christ loving the church. 
And in year, well, Athelia was born, so that would have been year like six, seven, seven of our marriage. Yeah, it was. We had just had our seventh anniversary. A couple um, months before. We went to a conference in Florida where Pete and Jerry Scott Sarrow did a breakout session, and they talked about how our marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ loving the church, the world. And I sat there in such repentance. And at that point, our marriage had been much healthier Mm -hmm. that I couldn't go to the main session. I just went back to the room and cried because I felt such remorse over how I had not treated my marriage that way. I had not loved you as Christ loved the church who like, as he laid down his life for her, I had lived like that should be happening to me. Um, So to begin to actually love you by expecting nothing in return, that took a long time um, because I still expected a lot. But I think watching my my parents get divorced was a part of what, like, shocked me back into, like, what what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Um, But there were also – we had lived with people for so long or in people's spaces for so long that we – we landed in a house of people. We've talked about this more than once because the Caribbeans became such a huge part of our story where I thought we needed to be alone, but actually what we needed was community. Mm-hmm. Cause even though we'd been living with people or in people's homes in California, like we were with your family, which is great. Cause I love your family, but we didn't have like friends really. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I shouldn't say that totally. Like I had um, like a discipleship group, those women became my friends and I had a mentor. But aside from that, I hadn't rooted myself there Mm because I thought we'd be moving. So actually just accepting the community around me, no matter how long we were there and just the words that they said to us when we moved in were huge. Like, okay, we expect nothing from you. I think that just being said Mm. released expectation I had of me or me being something in a certain relationship that just allowed us space to heal and be present to pursue relationship with them if we wanted to or a conversation if we wanted to, but if not, it's okay. So I think I lived my whole life, but even in our marriage, not just expecting you to fulfill my expectations, but trying so hard to fulfill yours, whether or not I knew what they were, you know, but that perfect wife, whatever she was, that like to actually have a space where no expectations existed was powerful. Mm. Um, And then we ended up getting our own home that we rented and it was just the two of us and being able to like have that space where we started to learn and grow together. But there was, I don't just the, the communication piece changed, like actually being, I can't even remember because I don't remember not communicating well. Um, But the way Judy described it was with two mugs. How did she, um, yeah, that it. we were, um, if you think of two mugs, like smashing into each other, they're going to shatter. And that's what we would do. We would both kind of just escalate and ram our opinions and our percepts, uh, perspectives into each mm-hmm. other. Like we were trying to each voice with, uh, passion, passion. <laughs> um, being the healthy way of turning saying that um but with like anger um frustration irritation that the other person Mm -hmm. it was look at me see me and we were trying to force our perspective on the other person um and the way that she described it was like there are emotions and thoughts and experiences within each mug that you have to both quietly um ask uh well maybe she didn't say ask but you have to quietly kind of sit there and see what's in the mug Mm-hmm. Let like I needed to let you show me what was in your mug rather than just trying to force my perspective. Mm-hmm. I needed you to to say, Haley, what what's in your mug? Like what what is your perspective on the situation? Like we're having a disagreement. How are you seeing it? I wonder why are we disagreeing so much? What's what's our differing perspectives here that we need to have a conversation about? Um, the other thing that was really helpful for me was. Um, I was a, the way she described it, it was a good visual for me was I was like a garage door that a lot of times I would shut down when Haley would, uh, respond a certain way or, um, maybe nag me about something where I would just kind of shut down. I would close the garage door. Um, and then it would reach a boiling point. Like I would kind of just stew, um, in the garage by myself. And then when it reached a boiling point, like I would throw open the garage door and I would, 
um, kind of just unleash on Haley. Um, so I would get quiet, but then when I got loud, like I got louder <laughs> than mm-hmm. Haley. Um, and so just the willingness, um, I think to say like, what are each other's perspectives? Like we both have, and we've used this language for a while. I don't think we actually learned this language from Judy, but, um, the idea of your reality is your reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't change that. Because what you are experiencing is reality for you, but it might not be true, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if I say something and for whatever reason you hear it with this passive aggressive, bitter tone of voice and motive, your reality is Shay is mad and he's being passive aggressive with me. He's irritated about something. What did I do? Why is he acting this way? Right? Like that's, you're really there. Those mm-hmm. are the thoughts you're having. But if I didn't, don't have those motives, that was never a thought in my mind. I didn't mean to. Maybe I was just frustrated with something at work. And I said something in a slightly different tone of voice. Like, it's not true, but that's your reality. And mm-hmm. so, like, both of us have to be willing to say, like, wait, what? how did you hear me say that? What's your perspective? What's your reality that you're believing? Because you're acting like I'm mad at you and I'm not mad at you. And you're like yeah, you're totally mad at me because of the mm-hmm. way you said it. So like we, ha- but then you have to then hear me say like, oh no, sorry, I must be dealing with stuff at work that I didn't realize I was bringing home or mm-hmm. whatever the case. That's just an example. But like, we have to be willing to sit rather than just like, why are you mad at me? Why are you being passive aggressive? You need, mm-hmm. do you need to go cool off? Like what, like rather than just forcing back or fighting back and forcing your reality as if it's true mm-hmm. to the situation in our marriage and on me, um, isn't health healthy either. So, um, just really trying to become good listeners. Mm-hmm. I think our humility, um, in each of us has just increased a lot. Um, and assumptions, and, I feel like our, I still struggle to assume sometimes, but I feel like our assumptions were huge. Like assuming yeah. I knew how you felt mm-hmm. based on what you said. And also assuming we, th- we were both saying the same thing when we yep. s- use the same word mm-hmm. or phrase or experience yep. when we might be saying like two very different things. Yep. So I think our assumptions along with humility have changed. And that's, that's taken years. Yeah. Like even after that four and a half year mark, I would say like four and a half years we call, that's kind of the benchmark we always refer back to because that's when things started getting a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. And even like we started having fun and laughing again. Like Mm -hmm. I remember that spring, um, coming up on our fifth year anniversary, like I remember laughing more. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like things were, were getting healthier, but I still remember, between year five and six, we were in an apartment here in Michigan. Um, and there was one night we must have gotten to a, I don't even remember what happened. I don't remember an argument, but I remember you were like w- laid on the guest bed and slept in the guest room and you like were crying and like you cried yourself to sleep. I, think. I forgot about that. Um, and I've never had done that before. Yeah. We don't, I, yeah, there we've never had had like the whole, like you sleep on the couch tonight cause I'm mad at you. Like that's just not been our story um but yeah you chose to sleep in the guest room um and i don't remember what the argument was um there's another argument where like you wanted to keep having conversation and you said something that really hurt me so like i went to our room and i was like closing the door on you but you like were confused and wanted to talk about it and you were trying to open the door and i was like no don't come in here i was like (laughs) closing it in your face like no like what you said really hurt um and uh so not understanding giving each other space and yeah um so going back to your assumption comment this is why i was saying that was like it took years and it probably wasn't until even like I think even after Athelia was born that like I truly actually acted in our marriage as though I believed that when you pointed something out in me, it was because you wanted what was best for me. Mm-hmm. Like that took a whole lot of time to understand. And part of that is just like kind of going back to what I was talking about, this idea of like expecting each other to fulfill things, even subconsciously when you come into marriage, um, there's just parts we're broken, we're, we're hurting, we're, we're human, that um, there's just parts we, we want filled and, and vacuums in our lives we, we need taken care of um, that I don't think we know we haven't surrendered to God until they're highlighted. Um, and a lot of times marriage highlights those things. Um, anyways, so in those first years as well, like 
you're just learning how to live with someone else. Like, Mm. and we got married when we were very young. So we had to learn how to be quote unquote selfless with our siblings. But like, if you're married, you know, um, that it's just a whole new ball game when you get married. Um, and if you're not married, just warning, it's a whole new ball game. Like you can learn things. Um, and that doesn't mean that like, if you're not married, that that means like you can't learn to be selfless. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a different level of like, somebody's like in your space that you have to learn um a different way of life yeah um and so we had to like retrain our brains and i didn't even realize that like i was doing that or wasn't doing that like i was just still like i would come home and i would want what i wanted for dinner and just kind of like i was in college we went to the cafeteria at college and i went to the buffet and i ate what i wanted what sounded good but like we had to learn to live on a budget and how to share meals and so we would like make meals based off what we felt like or what we wanted and Mm. um yeah just learning those different aspects and granted could we have come home and i've been like i want ramen and he's like well i'm gonna make a salad and we ate separate things sure but like when you're young and married and you think everything's cute and the world is rainbows and butterflies like you want to sit and you want to cook together and make um exotic meals like yeah fettuccine (laughs) and fajitas and um (laughs) things are spicy and fun and uh but yeah just like learning that Haley um circling all the way back around that Haley when she says something to me is wanting what's best for me um but that's Mm -hmm. not always the case and so you might be in an unhealthy marriage where that's not the case, where it is somebody trying to control you and manipulate you in order to meet their needs. So I don't, I'm not saying that like, oh, you jump into marriage and automatically, boom, you assume they want what's best for you. Um, But you also can't be like critical. Like you need to have those conversations Mm -hmm. before marriage. Um, Like you don't want to come into marriage and just assume they're just being manipulative either. Like those are both extremes. Um, So having those conversations before marriage or if you are married already, like um, just really trying to assess when I speak into my spouse's life or when I speak into the person I'm dating, am I saying it because I want them to be different to make me feel better? Mm. Or is it that I genuinely easier or easier, like life is easier if they handle it this way or do things this way? Or is it because I think it would actually make their life more full, as Jesus called and said, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. Like, when Haley challenges me on something, I believe that she wants that, that she wants me to experience the fullness of life um, and to be more surrendered to Jesus because there's more freedom. The more I surrender to Jesus, the more freedom he's able to provide in my life. Um, And going back to some of the nagging things Haley said, like, there definitely have been times where we have said things because it would be easier or yeah. because we want it, right? Like, I'm not saying we've always done that, mm-hmm. but I'm saying we've gotten to that place. And now, like, like I said, a couple of years ago, like I actually started believing it. Like I distinctly remember having a conversation on the couch where Haley just like spoke a bunch of stuff and I just sat there and listened. And afterwards I was like, okay, God, I don't think she was right on everything, but what was she right on? Like, I believe that that whole conversation she was trying to fight for the betterment of me and my relationship with you um, and that I could live more Christ-like. So what about that? Do I need to apply to my life? And, Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't defensive. I wasn't angry that I felt like you were wrong on a couple of things. Like you missed me um, because you were sitting in your perspective um, and you don't know the motives of my heart with some things or why I did or said certain things. So I had to take that to Jesus and I wasn't like mad or defensive about it. So, um, That, I would say, is one of the most crucial aspects to our marriage being healthy now is that when we speak into each other's lives, most of the time, we're human, so it's not always, most of the time, it is to try to push the other person to be more like Jesus and to live life to the full in a new way. Um, With the other person listening with humility. Exactly. Again, like we might, the other person might be wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. But the way we're speaking it and the way we're listening is different. Because mm-hmm. in the fact, in the in the past, the listening was often defensive, out of this like, okay, if you're telling me to correct something, it means I'm I'm not being the perfect husband or wife mm-hmm. or the person I want to be, yep. and therefore I feel bad about myself mm-hmm. because I'm trying to do this, and that means I've let you down, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, Which goes or, back to your comment of not feeling like enough that yes. I needed to make you feel like enough mm-hmm. and be 
uh, enough of a good wife or whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, to the to the point, I didn't want to buy groceries without Shay telling me, like, I want this because I didn't want to buy the wrong thing and have him be upset about dinner. And the thing was, I never remember you being upset about dinner, but I so badly, like, didn't want to do the wrong thing. Like, I was so about right and wrong and not according to the covenant of God, but, like, yeah. just right and wrong. In the right and wrongness I made up, yeah, yeah. yeah, or that I thought you had. Yeah. That um, it just became a, an enoughness thing. But then we're also speaking different where, and I can't speak for you, but I feel like you do this because I, I don't sense you, at least from what I can remember, ever just like talking at me to talk at me. I, I struggle with this more because I'm a verbal processor where in the past, I feel like I have freight trained you just like, I need to say this. I need to say it now. I want to make this like unified now, like for having a difference or whatever, or like, I see this in you. I just think you need to know it. God has gifted me with passion, but I have not always utilized that in the healthiest ways. So I can passionately come at you with like all of these things. And now I, I personally at least speak differently where I wait for the Holy Spirit to tell me now is the time to say this thing. Because sometimes I might want to say something that you don't need to hear because I'm wrong. Hmm. Or you don't need to hear because actually God doesn't have you ready to hear that yet. Maybe he's saying something to me about it because I'm supposed to pray for you, but he's talking to you about it. Where like my agenda, I'm putting that in quotes, my agenda has changed where I'm much more prayerful about how I'm going about, <coughs> excuse me, our marriage rather than just like, I'm doing it this way because I think you need to know this because this is going to make my life easier or because I want it for you so bad. But like I, I pray and like ask God to show me when and what to say and how. Um, so is there like a list of like 25 things wrong with me in your head? And no. then you're just waiting for the Holy Spirit to be like, 17, go, say it now. <laughs> no, it's usually, if I'm honest, it's usually one or two things. If there's something to even actually say, sometimes it's just God puts humility on my heart to pray for you for, mm. or courage, or that you see yourself the way that he sees you. Um, so it's not always like corrective things, mm. but I'm saying when there is a corrective thing, yeah. like let's say it's an attitude um, posture of some sort. And instead of me being like, do you know what, do you realize you just did that? Like waiting, like God is now the time to bring up that that sounded this way. Hey, you said that word. Did you did you hear the way you said that? What did you mean when you said that? Like we've we've been a lot better about trying to ask questions <coughs> in general. Um, I pulled out my phone because I I wrote down a few things that as you were talking, I was like, I forgot this thing in particular. Or I wanted to remember to say it on here that one of the things that I think brought up a lot of arguments or defensiveness for me and our marriage when it was unhealthy is I thought when we disagreed that something was wrong, that mm -hmm. it wasn't okay to disagree. Yeah. That wasn't just in the rule of what I thought a perfect marriage was. I thought that was in life. Like I, I think God revealed this to me probably just a couple years ago where I looked back and could retroactively see how anytime I disagreed with someone or someone disagreed with me, I tried to morph what I did to fit that because they felt like disagreement was wrong, mm. that it wasn't okay. So that created a lot of tension too. Hence why if you and I disagreed, like we need to make this right now. Like I need mm. to unify this because we can't disagree. Like I can't like Twizzlers more than you or like you can't like that and me not like it. Like I felt like we had the quote same page was we agreed on everything all the time. Not that we could agree to disagree and that that was okay. But in my head, there was a black and white to everything. Mm. And there is black and white. But only in God's word is that true. Outside of that, everything else I made up, like I just made up, it had to be a certain way. So those differences are what created a lot of tension. And I wasn't good at giving space for you to like process and to come back and talk to me or space that I needed and didn't want because mm. I wanted to fix it right then yeah. to just breathe and let God talk to me. And I just needed to shut up. Like I just talk so much. Um, there's such power in being quiet, slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to get angry. Um, well, that's I, good. Where'd that, yeah, thanks. Jesus from write Jesus. that? Oh. It's, from, oh. it's from the Word. Well, is it from Jesus? I mean, James wrote I mean, it Jesus through the power of the Holy the word, Spirit. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yeah, you became flesh. So once you became flesh, and then he see was the, the word, word in flesh. Anyways, I now lost my train of thought. You're welcome.
Um, well, I have a thought. So wait, I I'll had t- another thought. Oh, but I have mine written down, so you should go because I can remember. Well, I was just gonna say <laughs> as you check your phone. Yeah. Um, so we are coming up on fifty minutes. So we, uh, I think we should wrap this up relatively quickly, and then maybe do part two. Okay. Um, the other thing, and this isn't to like make you look bad. Um, and it's okay. Make you it, can make me look bad. But. <laughs> um, but uh, Haley, for the longest time, loved me for who she thought I could be. Yes, that's true. um, And not for who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like, she wasn't doing that on purpose. Like, you didn't know that. No, because I Um, also did that to myself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You loved yourself that way, and therefore Mm -hmm. you loved me that way. Um, And that, I would say, that is an unhealthy uh, marriage lifestyle Um, that you have to learn to love your spouse um for who they are mm-hmm. um and then walk with them journey with them grow with them mm-hmm. but you can't um say i love you and sub like subconsciously um or or not even subconsciously but like bait and switch like i love you but i'll love you more when you change this thing about no no, no. Mm. like no to love someone is to love someone and it is to speak truth and to have mm-hmm. grace but you have to love them where they're at mm-hmm. even if they never change mm-hmm. um and, and it's not to a walk feeling with them. it's a choice yeah love is a choice to walk with them to journey with them to choose them um even when it's harder mm-hmm. um and and when it doesn't make you happy um cuz one thing to I just want to clarify, Haley wasn't saying that like we can't be happy or we shouldn't be happy as Christians, but that God doesn't promise happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, he promises joy in in all situations, meaning there'll be many situations where we're not happy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And we have to still choose joy even when we're not happy. And it doesn't mean you just that. leave something yeah. that's hard yeah. because you're not happy. Yeah, because yeah. if you're trying to find happiness, you'll just bounce around from thing to thing to thing yeah. um, of the fleshly desires. So anyways, um, but truly loving the person for where they are and loving your spouse for where they are and not for who they can become. But then in um, or with humility and grace and love, helping them become who you see. Like there's a beauty in that of challenging and supporting and encouraging and sharpening and holding accountable and all of those things. Like mm-hmm. you get to participate in helping your spouse become who God's created them to be. Yeah. But you have to one, love them right where they're at and two, surrender your idea of who they could become mm-hmm. um, and truly surrender that to God and say, God, who have you created them to be and mm-hmm. what's my role in participating with helping them become that person mm-hmm. um that's i think that's one of the beautiful spots where you can enter in to helping your spouse grow and in tandem with that not just looking at the chasm of what you wish was there and wasn't yeah i've been a part of so many conversations mm-hmm. specifically with wives because i'm a woman where they just harp on what their husbands are not doing and Please hear me. There are unhealthy marriages. And if you are in an unsafe marriage where you are abused, mm-hmm. I, that's a different conversation than the one we're having right now. Yeah. Um, but to just look at all the negative things just trains your eye, your mind, the networks in your mind mm-hmm. to go a certain way. And you are not, we are naturally bent as humans to selfishness to pride, to wanting someone to serve us or to be a certain way or to make us feel a certain way. But when that's what you focus on instead of who God has made your spouse to be and celebrating those parts, even if there's one tiny one, as opposed to like this whole area of, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do this and he didn't put the dishes in the dishwasher again. Like what has your spouse done well? Like, celebrate them. Thank them for those things. And I'm not saying it doesn't mean that there aren't areas to grow in or to keep each other accountable in. Mm -hmm. But at least in my story, when I was focusing on those spots is when I became more nagging, more negative, more controlling, trying to fix all the things because I just saw this gaping hole of like, I asked you to put those in the freaking dishwasher. Why haven't you done it? When like that... Almost never have you intentionally done, actually, I shouldn't say almost. I don't think you have ever intentionally done that to, like, make me mad or 
to not serve me. But it's like I took it personally because when you're not doing that, it means that you're saying to me these things, um, <clears throat> that my encouragement to us as people, not just to your spouse, but to those around you is like, God's word says, think of others as better than yourself. Like what, what can you celebrate? in your spouse or the people around you? What are they doing well? And when something isn't going well, like why do we meet, immediately jump to that being a personal thing? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like taking it personally as opposed to like, well, what what's happening in your, your life? Well, real quick, it's because we're trying to fill this void of being enough. Exactly. Like that's mm. why we take it personally. That's why we get defensive because the way you just did that doesn't make me feel like I'm enough. Mm-hmm. Or you're, yeah, you're not satisfying Mm -hmm. this like void I have that I want you to satisfy or to make my life easier. I have two small children and I'm trying to like keep the dishes picked up. Well, why? She's mentioning the dishes a lot because I struggle to put the dishes. Well, it's just an easy go-to. It's a reality. But also I do have to say my attitude has totally changed about it. Oh, Where in the past I was really angry about it and now it's like. Sometimes I bring it up if I see it happening again and again, just as mm-hmm. like, hey, just a reminder, because I actually don't think you're doing this on purpose. Um, did you know you've been leaving those in the sink? But also God's been changing my heart with like, it just doesn't matter sometimes. And this is one of the things I'd written down. The only person you're responsible for is yourself. Like you cannot change your spouse. You can't make them who you think they should be. You're responsible for you. Your spouse can't make you feel a certain way. And actually, you can't even make you feel a certain way. Our emotions are affected by so many things. Hence why Judy said to us, what you're experiencing is real to you. That doesn't mean it's true. Like the feelings I'm experiencing might be like, oh, I feel like I'm not enough. That doesn't mean it's true. Well, the truth is I'm never going to be enough, like on my own. Only Mm -hmm. Jesus is enough. But therefore, then you are also never going to be enough for me because only Jesus can be that. So if I'm looking at the the world through my perspective lens of me or what I think should be in my life, it's going to be easier to focus on those negative things. It's going to be easier to nag and to blame as opposed to like, God, what do you want to say to my heart? How can I love my spouse well today? How can I serve? So for me, you, how can I serve you well, expecting nothing in return? Mm -hmm. But also knowing that we are made to sharpen one another. So it's okay to build your spouse up with encouragement, but also build them up with the like sharpening of iron where it's Mm like, Hey, you've said this word multiple times today. Or like you've walked in the door three times in the last two days with just this like coldness that you're bringing in. Like, what's that about? Like, it's okay to press into hard places, but doing that with peace and love and grace and in God's time and not, not just because I want to, um, or because it's making my life harder, you can stop looking at the clock. We can make this into a two-part thing. I was looking at the battery. Actually, oh, I was making sure the battery didn't go it, red. It's pretty low. Oh, it's really low. Uh-oh. Um, anyway, the other thing I had written down, and this is just separate from what we were talking about, but I think it all, it does like overarch, um, is one of the things that Judy brought up specifically to me is how in our marriage, I acted like a parent-child relationship where when things weren't going the way I wanted them to, I would try to control you or to parent you or to even like punish you in some ways in order to like help you change, Hmm. quote, change into who I thought you could be. I don't know if you remember her talking about that or not. I don't. That's why I'm kind of looking at you confused. I can see that. Um, But that that's not a marriage. Hmm. Like we're equal. It's not a parent-child relationship. I do remember that. And it was because I feel like you – you resonated with it when we talked about Mm -hmm. it because I didn't know I was doing that, but I was. Um, So one, relieving responsibility from yourself of like trying to step in this, in between the space, um, in the space between God and your spouse, Mm -hmm. where sometimes I was trying to like block you from consequences by helping you change all the things instead of allowing you to experience something or, I was almost like blocking it for myself, trying to fix all the things instead of allowing myself to experience something Um, and just letting your spouse experience the consequences of their actions, which will affect you um, because you're married. But it will also, my my actions affect you. And I just, I don't know, that, that picture though was really powerful for me. So I wanted to share it in case that resonated with anyone that it's not about controlling 
your spouse or parenting them. And you might feel like, well, if I don't, who's going to do it? Well, it might mean maybe you do shoulder more of the things like finances, if that's a really unhealthy thing for your spouse to shoulder right now um, and different things like that. But that doesn't mean you treat your spouse like a child. Um, and there's more to that. But anyway, I feel like you're wanting to wrap this up so we can be done. No, you're good. You sure? Mm-hmm. I really actually, those were the only three things I had written down, so I didn't have anything else to say. Cool. Do you have more that you'd like to? Uh, I don't think so. I think we hit some of the bigger things. I I, I did want to just like, because we wanted this to be a little more storied about where we've discovered these things or experienced these things in our marriage specifically. Um, so I guess I wanted to wrap up by just kind of like highlighting some of the things that we've noticed. One was humility. Um, one truly was like listening and recognizing that we each are sitting in a reality that we need to, um, listen and try to seek to understand the other person's reality and then speak truth where there might be a false reality. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's not to, to come at you and be like, well, what you think is wrong. It's like, no, no, no. I get that what you're experiencing is real, but you need to understand that when I said that I didn't have a motive, mm-hmm. I didn't have an underlying passive aggressive thing in me maybe it sounded that way and that's the way you heard it so maybe there was something there in my voice but um i apologize for that but there wasn't anything underlying um there was even a season where Haley was struggling with like just what is real like when somebody says something what does this mean or whatnot and i had to speak into like i think this is the truth of that reality Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um so just recognizing that we each have different stories and perspectives and um being willing to humbly hear those things um understanding that almost everyone subconsciously is expecting their spouse to fill a void so just be like vigilant and on the lookout of like what area am i not feeling like enough that i'm wanting my spouse to fill in me Mm -hmm. um and trying to surrender that okay god only you can be enough for me only you your word says that your grace is sufficient for me and so like just surrendering and submitting those things um loving your spouse where they're at and not trying to change them or as Mm -hmm. you just talked about control them and parent them um but just surrendering listening to the voice of god and when he tells you to call something out um not sweating or nagging the small stuff and being willing to serve your spouse Mm -hmm. and love your spouse as christ loves the church but also not being afraid to just bring things up that need to be brought up in a healthy moment, right? Mm -hmm. Most oftentimes it's just not healthy to bring those things up when you're a little bit miffed, right? Yeah. Or fuming, definitely. But even if you're just a little miffed or irritated, like, can you please put your dishes in the dishwasher? Like even just that tone of voice, like Mm -hmm. I'm just slightly miffed, but can you please just do this? Right. Like that just sends a tone. And then that causes typically the spouse who receives the, um, who receives that to get defensive. Like, mm-hmm. wait, what do you talk? Well, what about you? You always leave your hair dryer and your makeup in the sink, right? Like um, just automatically that tone of voice is usually mm-hmm. met with reaction rather than a loving response. Um, so in its time when you're not miffed or fuming, um, bringing those things up can be healthy. Mm-hmm. And because we are called to challenge and love each other well and speak truth, but speak truth in grace. Um, you can have differing opinions and mm-hmm. still be married. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, just as long as we are, not even just as long, because scripture even talks about what it's like to be un, um, to be in a, in a marriage, even if your spouse isn't a believer. Um, but hopefully you both are on the same page, at least with God in your life yeah. and able to be equally pursuing him together. Um, but if you're not, like that's a really, really hard place to be in. Um, but just continuing continually staying faithful and what your faithfulness can speak to your spouse over long term. That's what um, scripture specifically talks about that, which is kind of beautiful. Um, but that's also really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the prayers yeah. of a righteous person are, what does it say? Not power, not powerful. Shoot. We just read it for a life group, but talking about how praying for people. Yeah. And that the prayers of a righteous person are, Something it was like the word powerful, but it wasn't quite that. Um, what did we read? Not we didn't do it two nights ago, yeah. No, yeah, anyway. Wow. Um, but also, one of the phrases that I found 
helpful, and I think we've probably talked about this before, is the the story I'm believing right now is mm-hmm. and using that in marriage. Like, yeah. hey, because of what you just said or what I experienced today or like the tone of your voice, the story I'm believing right now is you're pissed at me. Mm-hmm. And your spouse might be like, oh, man, not at all. I'm, I'm really tired or this happened at work today. Um, and that that just takes a um, – it can take an edge off of things where it's mm-hmm. like I'm not blaming you. I am like pointing this at me like I'm believing this. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me is this – is this what's happening for you right now? Um, just love, expecting nothing in return, knowing love is not a feeling. That's mm-hmm. really where mm-hmm. marriage was rough for me and why I thought I was at a three because I didn't feel like I loved you mm-hmm. because I didn't feel it all the time. Yeah. I didn't know it was a choice. Yeah. So choose to love and love well um, to the point of death, like for like the way that Jesus died for the church like being willing to give everything, expecting nothing back. Um, and again, if you're in an unhealthy, like abusive relationship, like please reach out for help. That mm-hmm. is a very different situation than what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can wrap this one up. Yeah. But hopefully those are just some good final thoughts, giving just as reminders to the storied way we... We shared those. So, and counseling is great. It is. Please get counseling. Individual, Even just marital. To like do a checkup and be healthy a couple yep. times a year. It's yep. so crucial. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. Appreciate you tuning in and listen to some spiritual side note. So, I really hope that if you are married, that this would just allow for some really good conversation on some of these topics. Um, and if you're not married, just to really do the, the hard work of like, God, I need you to be my enough so that if you do call me to get married or allow that to happen, that, um, I'm a healthy individual, that you are my everything. And I can just serve my spouse yeah. and step into that relationship, uh, in such a healthy way. So yeah, hope you all have a great week Yeah, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.